Hi, and welcome to Five Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Up the Grove. So right up front, I'd like to thank artist Eric October, who did the amazing artwork for the Five Minutes of Rum podcast. But I'd also like to thank him for doing the math and writing in this week to realize that at the current rate of decay in episode length, the show title might actually be true in another five, another eight episodes, um, unless I throw off the equation here in episode four. Anyways, today's episode is a quick look at micro distilleries uh, with a little bit more detail on Portland's Distillery Row and House Spirits. Um, and then I'm going to taste the House Spirits Amber Rum. Uh, spoiler alert, it's pretty good. Uh, and talk a little bit about glassware and the impact of air on a spirit and spirit tasting. So to start off, uh, I wanted to mention uh, micro distillery. So what is a micro distillery? A micro distillery, as you might imagine, um, is just a smaller version of a spirit distillery. Um, it could be also called a boutique distillery. Uh, there's a link to the Wikipedia article in the show notes, um, but essentially it's a, it's a much smaller operation than sort of the mega or mass market distillers. That um, allows you know people who are doing micro distillery can be a little more free in what they're experimenting with. They don't have to make uh, a large amount of product. Uh, the downside of micro distilleries is they often have very limited distribution. Um, if you live near a micro distillery, that's great because then you can just walk in, go to the tasting room, and walk out with you know, some of their spirit, whether it's whiskey, rum, you know, whatever they're making, um, on the, like I said, on the downside is the, uh, distribution is often a little bit limited in where you can find it. One other thing to note with micro distilleries is that for regulation purposes, the U S government doesn't treat them any differently than they would treat a mass market distillery. So there isn't the same advantages or I guess relaxed advantages that a microbrewery has, which has sort of limited the growth of micro distilleries. Although in places like Oregon and California, they are really, you know, they're taking off a little bit more, which leads me to Portland's Distillery Row. So I was first introduced to Distillery Row in Portland on a trip I took there a couple years ago um, and became aware sort of in of Distillery Row in two ways. Uh, first was just a general article on things to do when you went to Portland. And they mentioned that they had a, it wasn't a formal coalition, but sort of an informal coalition of, hey, we have this area of town where there's four or five micro distilleries um, and they put out some pretty interesting spirits and it might be an interesting thing for you to do in an afternoon. You can go walk from one to the other for the most part. And if not, you can take a bus to them. The other thing was hearing about uh, Smuggler's Cove. So Smuggler's Cove is a bar owned by Martin Kate that's located in San Francisco, California. And they have a... Uh, sort of a, a unique way of rewarding people who finish X number of rums on their menu. I believe at the time when this uh, started, it was if you finished 200 different rums that they had on their menu, uh, you would earn the title of Master of the Cove. Um, and then the reward for reaching that status was to go to a distillery and watch a rum being made in person and get to taste it. So I read this article and heard about this through Smuggler's Cove. And uh, coincidentally, they went to House Spirits in Portland. So between the Portland Distillery Row article and knowing that Smuggler's Cove had gone and had their own house rum essentially made from House Spirits, uh, it was called the Triumvirate Rum, um, I wanted to go and check that out. So we did so on a trip. So when we first visited Portland in, I think it was the fall of 2011, uh, we visited Distillery Row and went to two different distilleries. The first one we went to at the time was called uh, Deco Distilling. I believe it's now East Side Distilling. Um, and I have notes to the Distillery Row website in the show notes. Um, the other one we visited was House Spirits. And I 
of course, as I mentioned before, I knew that Smuggler's Cove had done their house rum through House Spirit, so I was kind of keen to to try that when we went there. Unfortunately, when we went the first time, they didn't have any rum ready to go. They had some rum that they were aging, uh, but wasn't going to be available for another week or two from the time that we were there. Um, but we did get to taste some of the other spirits that House Spirits is well known for, in particular their Aviation Gin, which is a, a good gin that has decent uh, distribution. I've, I've seen it in liquor stores in Southern California. Um, I don't know what the distribution is across the country, but it is a very good gin. Um, and if you see a bottle, I'd recommend picking some up. Um, and they're also on the, they do sort of not just small batch rums, but they also do small batches of other spirits. And at the time they had a um, a whiskey that was sort of unbarrel aged, a white dog whiskey um, that was a really interesting spirit to try. And we took that home. Unfortunately, that trip, they, like I said, they did not have the rum. We went back a year later and that time they did have the rum and that's the rum that I'm going to taste later on the show. Um, again, the, you seek them out. I think you can find they, they're, I don't know what the regulations are as far as uh, shipping from the distillery. Um, if you have the occasion to take a trip to Portland, I would definitely recommend going there. Um, and if you can work with a, maybe your local liquor store to get distribution from House Spirits, uh, I would recommend picking up some of the things that they offer. In particular, the like I said, the Aviation Gym, Gin, and House Spirits Rum if they have it available. So before I get into the specifics of House Spirits Rum and then the topic of air on a spirit, I want to talk a little bit about glassware. So in the first couple of episodes, I just sort of assumed that everybody was familiar with uh, cocktail glasses in general. And I think in episode three, when we did the Trader Vic's Grog, it was a, a double old fashioned glass. But I realized that thinking back on when I first started reading cocktail recipes, um, I didn't know much more about glassware aside from what a standard cocktail glass was. And I also didn't realize that some of the terms were redundant. So I would read one recipe that would say, uh, this takes a, a low ball glass and another one that says this takes a old fashioned glass or a rocks glass and not really realizing that all those things were the same or were different names for the same sort of glass. Um, so in the show notes for this episode, I'll go ahead and put some pictures of some of the different glasses that I'm going to talk about. But the essentially for sipping rum neat, there's three types of glassware I would think of uh, when just sort of sipping rum. The first is the one I just mentioned um, that would be referred to as either a rocks glass or a double old fashioned glass or a low ball uh, those are all the same sort of stout tumbler glass that you would see. Um, it's a, a thick base, uh, sort of a wide glass um, and short. Uh, and there's a picture of it on the podcast right now and also in the show notes. But those are all the same type of glass. Uh, the other one that you might see is a cordial glass or a port glass or um, probably most common a brandy snifter, um, other small stemware. I sometimes see rum served in those, although I don't know that there's any real advantage to serving it in a cordial or a, a stemware glass as opposed to a rocks glass. Um, the other thing you might see um, rum served neat in is a shot glass. I'm only going to recommend that if it's a tiki mug shot glass. Um, there's a photo of a couple of those in the show notes, but uh, save the shot glasses for inexpensive tequila. So on the topic of aeration and going back a little bit and thinking of the brandy snifter and the sort of the prototypical uh, picture of somebody with uh, a pipe sitting back, slippers on, uh, brandy in their glass and sort of holding it up and swirling it made me think a little bit about what's the effect um, on air on spirits. So I, uh, many years ago, I became aware of the effect of air on wine. Um, so the idea of aeration is that, you know, you leave a spirit out for a little, or I'm sorry, you leave wine out for a little while and the air will have some type of impact on the taste of the wine. A little bit of air 
for a little short amount of time can make a big difference in the taste of, of wine. Although too long, like leaving it open overnight would obviously have an adverse effect. It would start to turn a little bit. Um, so a while back, like I said, I was doing some wine tasting with some friends. Um, they were sort of guiding me through this because I didn't know much about wine or wine tasting. And one of the exercises they went through was to say, here's a glass of wine, taste it, make some notes. Now wait 10 minutes, go back and taste it again, make new notes, and then compare the notes against each other. Um, at the time, I was very surprised at the difference in the way the wine tasted to me after, again, just sitting out for 10 minutes. I, I ended up, I don't remember the specific notes, but I do remember that things were very different just in, in, those, in that short amount of time. So that made me wonder, you know, would the same impact be felt on a spirit? Um, it, or would there not be any impact at all? Uh, so I went ahead and decided to try that with today's rum, which is the House Spirits Amber Rum. So going back again, this is from House Spirits. Um, availability is a little bit tricky, but I'll put a link to the House Spirits website in the show notes. Um, and again, I would I recommend contact, if you're not in the Portland area, I would recommend contacting your local liquor store and see if there's a way for them to get distribution on this, on this rum when it's available. Uh, it's bottled at uh, 40% ABV, so it's 80 proof. Um, and then I did two different tastings on this one. I did a tasting right after pouring, and then I did a tasting 15 minutes after pouring. So I'll split those up into two. And so again, a, a real quick recap on how I'm tasting. Um, I'm not picking out specific flavors. I'm just sort of giving overall impressions. So on the when I poured it and drank it, you know, right away, um, the notes on the appearance that I had were, you know, it's it's it looks like a light honey color in the glass. Um, it doesn't appear that any coloration is added aside from whatever it gets from being in the barrel. Um, when you smell it, it smells, you know, pretty strongly of the oak barrel that was aged in. Uh, there's no burn. It's very mellow and even just slightly sugary, maybe like a butterscotch um, sort of smell to it. And then on tasting, again, it reminds me a lot of whiskey. Um, had a, had just a little bite to it uh, compared to other styles. It was reminiscent of an English style rum, which we talked about um, a couple episodes back, um, as opposed to a Spanish style rum. Uh, very easy on the palate. Definitely more of a wood note than spice note. Um, and very little of the sweetness. So even though it sort of smelled a little bit sweet, it didn't really taste very sweet. Um, almost like a very well-mannered Jamaican rum. Um, not saying that that makes it better or worse than another Jamaican rum. It's just sort of, uh, it's a similar style, but executed very differently. And then on the finish, I, you know, it tasted to me like a long but mellow finish. Uh, very little burn, but it lingered on the back of the throat for a little while. So poured another... Uh, glass out and left that out for about 15 minutes, just sitting out in the out in the air, um, and then did another comparison or or did a comparison against what I had tasted before. Uh, appearance obviously wasn't going to change anything. It's not going to change its color in 15 minutes, and if it does, that's kind of odd. Uh, but it did not. Uh, aroma, um, I still found it to be woody, although I didn't really detect any of the sweetness or butterscotch that I detected earlier. And if it's there, it's very very faint. Uh, and again, easy on the nose and and not harsh at all. Uh, the taste, again, I got the the barrel taste, um, maybe a hint of pepper, but not really any sort of spice and no sweetness. Um, and it really strikes me in in both tastings as a almost like a whiskey and rum hybrid. Uh, very easy to sip. And on the finish, I would say after the fifteen minute you know, aeration version, if you will, was a short to medium finish and still very smooth. So. All in all, I found no significant difference uh, difference when exposing the spirit to air, unlike, say, with wine. 
Um, in fact, the, the nose, the smell became less pronounced and the finish probably became a little bit quicker. Um, overall, I do really enjoy sipping this rum, particularly because of that whiskey influence. Uh, and frankly, also because I've seen the distillery where it's been made. Um, that helps establish a, an emotional connection that's lacking from when you buy a mass-produced rum. Um, so you do, you know, I want to say I'm giving it a pass because I'm not. It's a good rum. But I do remember touring the facility where this was made. Um, and it really helps, you know, when you look at the bottle, you're like, oh, yeah, that's, I, I got to listen to the people who made this rum explain to me how they did it. Um, and it just, you know, it leaves a positive impression. Um, it is a $50 bottle of rum and with limited distribution, I don't really make this a common cocktail ingredient. Uh, so no recipe this week. Um, but I do recommend visiting house spirits and picking up a bottle if you like to sip rum neat. So that's it for this episode. Uh, next time we're going to talk about agricole rum from Martinique and in particular a recipe for a tea punch and talk a little bit more about tea punch. Thank you for listening. Show links are up on the five minutes of rum website. That's number five minutes of rum.com. This, the show is also on iTunes as five minutes of rum. You can subscribe there, rate the show there and leave a review there. Uh, the show is also on Twitter as at five minutes of rum. So at sign number five minutes of rum, uh, please send in your comments, corrections, feedback, and requests via the five minutes of rum website or on Twitter. And now go get some rum.